Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that he has called you to do. Three weeks ago, um, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina, meeting with uh, one of the church's apostolic board members. Um, that same week, I was in Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, doing a coaching project and ministering with some um, college-age kids. That same week, I was in, all of our pastors went to Redding, California to visit Bethel Church for the leadership conference that was out there. And then that, that leads to two weeks ago, um, when we, as soon as we got off the plane from California, Josie and I went over and we prayed with Oscar and Olgi. And um, Olgi is a woman from our church, and she's been fighting um, terminal cancer for a long time. At the same time, uh, my stepmother, who's been fighting terminal cancer, took a, a big turn uh, for the worse, so then I made plans to go to New York to visit my family. But that Saturday night, we, we prayed with Oscar and Olgi, and we were believing God for a miracle in Olgi's uh, body, and we were still praying and rebuking cancer. And um, Sunday morning, two weeks ago, I, I preached that message that was the, um, the four anchors of faith and hope message. And then after church, literally straight after church, I went to the airport and I flew to Florida to visit my brother. Oh, I forgot to mention, my brother had, during that same week had been diagnosed um, with stage four cancer and was moved to hospice. So um, as soon as I landed in Florida, Oscar called as I was um, on the plane still to say that Olgi had gone to heaven. And then, uh, hold on. <laughs> It's been quite a couple of weeks for me. <clears throat> and then um, I spent the day, uh, Monday, uh, last Monday with my brother uh, down in Florida and I flew back because I had meetings here um, Tuesday and Wednesday of last week. Last Thursday I flew up to New York uh, to be with my family and to say goodbye to my stepmother. And I came back Saturday night, last Sunday morning, I was here in church and I preached that message on being a friend of God and then um, I, I, I felt like I should go back to New York, but I didn't. And then Monday, uh, my stepmom passed. And, um, and on the same day, uh, John's mom passed, and uh, this last Monday. And uh, Evelyn's been my friend. I don't really call her. I've never called her Evelyn. I've always called her Mima, like the grandkids call her. I, she's just, I've loved fighting with her for the last 12 years. I mean, like play fighting. And um, she just, she was my buddy. And she went to heaven on Monday along with my stepmother. So Tuesday morning early, I flew to New York to be with the family again. Um, Wednesday, we had a memorial for my, uh, for my stepmom. And um, being the preacher in the family, I was asked to speak. And um, at that, I remember at the end, I, I was praying for the family and, and praying for my dad who had lost his wife. And um, I was just over, overwhelmed, overcome with gratitude. Um, those that, that know my story, um, my, my parents divorced, and then um, um, mom remarried, and then uh, about a year later, um, my dad heard that his high school sweetheart, that honestly was the, the true love of his whole life since they were sophomores in high school, um, that her first husband had passed away. So um, my dad drove back to New York as fast as possible, and two months later, later married his high school sweetheart, and they've been married, uh, well, until last Monday for more than 40 years. And um, I was just so grateful to God for my stepmom. She was such a great stepmom in my life, especially when I was younger. I loved her dearly. And um, 
but I was glad that she was no longer in such pain and suffering. She had brain cancer, so she was in a lot of pain. Um, so uh, and that, <laughs> it's been a weird week. So then I flew home. I got in late Thursday night, and the, the carpet guys were just finishing laying all the floors in the lobby, all the carpet in here, and there was an army of volunteers from our church that were cleaning everything and setting up new chairs. And I, was, I stood in the back of the room, and I was just so moved with gratitude. Gratitude um, to God that this remodel might finally be almost over. Gratitude for all of you for giving financially so generously. Gra- grateful for all of the volunteers that came out to help uh, clean and set up chairs and, and just work uh, thanklessly. And, um, and I just, I needed you to know how thankful I was for all of you. Uh, yesterday, uh, we had the celebration of Olgi's life. And um, I was just so grateful for my friend, Olgi. Um, she wasn't just a member of our church. We love Oscar and Olgi. We've known them for about 11 years now. They're very dear to our hearts. And was very grateful for our church family again. You guys served um, our community. Uh, Olgi was a school teacher in the, in the community. So there were many people from the community that were here. And I was just so proud of our church and the way that you served. I was very grateful for Uncommon Church and your heart to serve. Um, and then now tomorrow, uh, the prior family, we're going to get together and um, we're going to bury Meemaw. So Tuesday, I'm getting on a plane to go do Thanksgiving with my family in Colorado, and none of you can get sick or die this week. Is that all right? <laughs> Golly, I, um, I need a break. Uh, my heart needs a break. Um, and then just to let you know, um, the week after Thanksgiving, next week, uh, my daughter Joy and I will be going to Asia um, I won't tell you which country because we're on the YouTubes, uh, but we're going to a country in Asia, and we will be ministering there with a team from Ames, which is the missions organization that we partner with there. Um, and then sometime in December, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm taking my dad, uh, who just lost his wife, down to Florida to say goodbye to my brother. Selah. I'm just exhausted saying all that. I'm sorry that you had to hear all that. Um, so if you think of your preacher, if you could please pray for our family and uh, just pray for strength. And um, on, uh, on Friday night, <clears throat> I was writing a message for Olgi's service uh, that we performed yesterday. And I got to a verse that was kind of messing with me in this season that I'm in personally. And you guys know me well enough that when I get messed with, I'm going to mess with you a little bit. Is that all right? So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul's writing a letter to the church in Thessalonica. And he says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in the good circumstances. Oh, snap. Craig, yeah. Give thanks in all circumstances because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. (laughs) This verse is easy when you're on the mountaintop. This verse is easy when you got a raise. This verse is easy when you had your first child. This verse is easy on your wedding day. This verse is easy when you win the lottery. Like this verse is easy when everything's good. This verse is kind of hard when you've been walking through the last few weeks that I've been walking through. And in fact, I said this yesterday, this verse is meaningless if from time to time we can't live this verse out while we're walking through loss and we're walking through grief. The verse really only has meaning when we make a choice to rejoice, pray, and give thanks through difficult seasons. 
that no matter what we face, because of Jesus, the will of God for our lives is to respond with rejoicing, prayer, and thanksgiving. The funny thing is God didn't ask me if I felt like doing any of those things. It was a command. Do it. Trust me. It's my will for your life. So my response is to do it or try to do it because God doesn't work for me. I work for him. So my job is just to be obedient. He is the Lord of my life. He is the king of my heart. I will trust his will for my life no matter what. So recently, a lot of you have expressed love and care and concern. You've, you've reached out to me and said, you know, how, by the way, when somebody loses loved ones, don't ask how you're doing. We're doing terrible. Like, just say I'm sorry for your loss, praying for you, that's it. Don't ask how we're doing because then we have to try to answer you. And we don't really know how we're doing. And how we're doing depends on the hour. Like right now, we're good. In an hour from now, I might be buried in a face, my, in a pillow crying. Like just don't ask how we're doing when people have lost loved ones. Don't ask Oscar how he's doing. He, his wife is in heaven. He's raising two small children on earth. He's doing amazing and terrible at the same time. Like for a lot of us right now, tears are similar to the kingdom of God. They are at hand. But if you're asking how I'm doing and I'm being honest, I'm doing really well. I'm spending a lot of time rejoicing, I'm spending a lot of time in prayer, and I'm spending a lot of time being thankful that I knew these people that I loved. I was kind of joking with God on Friday when I was writing the message for Olgi. I said, oh, give thanks always. Kind of like a Thanksgiving verse. The Lord, I should preach on Thanksgiving for Thanksgiving, (laughs) LOL. But those of you that know me, homie don't play that. I don't do the cliche things and I pride myself on not doing the cliche messages. I don't do Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. I don't do love for Valentine's Day. I don't do freedom for Fourth of July. Like I I only barely do Christmas and Easter cliches and even then I'll often stray and do some sort of revival Christmas message. Because Jesus wasn't born in December anyway, so what's the point? And the Lord on Friday night, he's like, hey, dude, no, for real, for real. You should do Thanksgiving for Thanksgiving. I'm like, oh, that's a good one, Lord. So open your Bibles to Psalm 100, verse 4. As we enter his gates with Thanksgiving. We enter into the gates of God, into his presence with Thanksgiving. We're going to go through those gates and into the courts with our praise. We choose to give thanks to him and bless his holy name. Our thanksgiving is literally the access point we have to the presence of God. So if the Lord was going to make me be cliche and teach on thanksgiving for thanksgiving, I'm like, that's cool. I'll go back through 20 years of preaching on my database and I'll find a message on thanksgiving that I can copy and paste. This is literally the first time I've ever thought on thanksgiving. How terrible is that, that the way we enter into God's presence is thanksgiving, and this is the first time I'm teaching on it. And you thought you had a good preacher. (laughs) Some of you are like, no, we never thought that. (laughs) We just put up with you so we can get Josie. I'm going to tell you a story about Thanksgiving. When I was writing this, I'm like, all right, what is one of the most thankful times I've been in my life? And I, I, I... 
I have many thankful moments. I'm very thankful for the things I've already shared with you this morning. But I remember years ago when the church was a lot smaller and um, we were still on the struggle bus, uh, the church um, was in what we affectionately call the crack house. Um, and if you don't know what that is, then you should take growth track in January. And um, we were, um, the church had you know, more month than money. Uh, it was a little bit less than 100 people in our church. And um, we just, we didn't have enough money to even pay the salary uh, for, for the pastor. So um, we had been renting a home and the lease ran out and we were really trying to buy a home. So we went ahead and let the lease run out. We moved out of that home. We put all of our stuff in a storage unit and then we thought we were gonna get to buy a house and it fell through and then we're homeless. This is a family of five, mighty man of faith and power and revival and we are homeless, living on people's couches. Do you have any idea how humbling and embarrassing that is? So we rented another house after a couple of uh, months of homelessness, and um, we were in that house, but we were still trying to buy a house. The, the market was shifting, and we're like, okay, if we could save up about $10,000, we could put that down and buy a house. Do you know how hard it is to save $10,000 when you're not even getting paid? Like, hard to save money, it was, it was impossible. So after like a year and a half, Josie and I were in the pits of despair because we're like, we're just gonna continue to struggle, the church is never gonna grow, this whole thing's a failure, what in the world are we doing? And then there was a family in this church, they wanna remain nameless, called us over for dinner, and we were glad for a free meal. They said, listen, the Lord spoke to our hearts, we know that a couple years ago you tried to buy a house, and..." They're smart people and they're watching the finances of the church and they're like, I'll bet you can't save up for the down payment. We're like, yeah. And they go, well, we're gonna give you $6,000 cash. <laughs> they gave it in cash, meaning they didn't want a tax receipt. They weren't doing it to help themselves, they were just doing it because God spoke to their hearts to be generous to us. I remember in that moment, Josie and I feeling so overwhelmed with gratitude, that God would speak to another generous family and that they would be obedient to God and give such a generous gift. And then my parents at the same time gave another $6,000. We had $12,000 out of, like we went from zero to 12. So we believe that you should return to the Lord the first 10%. So we tithed, we gave God $1,200 and we bought the house that we still live in today. And my level of gratitude to God for my parents, for this unnamed family, for our home, it's, it's a feeling like I was just so grateful to God. And this was eight years ago, but I can, I, I can feel that, 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 that emotion of gratitude just like that. I want you to pull out your phone and start a text to yourself. So pull out a blank text, type in your own phone number. You're gonna text yourself. I want you to write down the top five things you're grateful for. It can just be one word, it doesn't have to be a book, just the top five things that you're grateful for. I love that some of you, and I don't mean like the 80 year olds, I mean some of you that are in your 20s are not holding your phone because you're like, I'm not doing it. And then send that message to yourself. Just the top five things you're grateful for. And then when you're done, look up here at me. If you're watching at YouTube, 
at home, you can do that as well. Yes, you that thought you wouldn't, but now you will because you feel like I can somehow see you. If you're married, I'd recommend your spouse being one of them. So you might want to delete, delete, delete. <laughs> Slide your spouse in there. If you have children, that's going to be one of them as well. You can do all your kids in one, like, don't cheat and put a list them all. Just, all right, hit send. You feel any better? You should. Why? Because gratitude, being thankful, is the access point to the presence of God. You are closer to the presence of God now than you were 60 seconds ago. We enter into his gates, how? With thanksgiving. Now, here's the funny thing about being thankful. It is a spiritual element. Now, in the body of Christ, in the kingdom of God, most spiritual things, we can like come to the altar with the prayer team, we can get with the preachers, and we can lay hands on you, and we can impart things to you. If you're sick, we want to lay hands on you and rebuke sickness and release healing in the name of Jesus. If you need blessing, if you need freedom from addiction, if you need, you know, the favor of God, if, if you're being called into ministry and we're going to anoint you and set you apart for the work of the ministry, we will lay our hands on you. We will bind and rebuke demons. We will, we will put our hands on you and impart the kingdom of God to you. You can't impart thankfulness. It is not something that I can lay my hand on your shoulder and pray that you would be more thankful. Thankfulness before God is always going to be your choice. You have to make a conscious decision that no matter what I'm facing, I choose to be thankful. Here's why. It's easy to find offense with other people. It's easy to get upset with other people. It's easy to look and find that something is wrong in other people. It's easy to complain about something. It's hard to always be thankful because you have to make that choice. You have to make a conscious decision. And if you had a hard time finding five things to be grateful for, you need to practice being thankful more often. Because I will say this, by making a conscious decision to being thankful, practice makes perfect. So your homework assignment is just to keep texting yourself five more things that you're grateful for. Do it every day until you just flow with an, just an attitude and a heart of gratitude for everything. Just get in the habit of being thankful. Why? Because it is the access point to the presence of God. What is, what is an access, what does a gate do? I am in the street, I go through the gate, I am in the yard. I go through the gate of the front door, I am in the house. You, you go from one dominion to another. By being thankful, you are going from the dominion of this world into the dominion of the kingdom of God because you are grateful. Now, I will give you a warning. When you make a choice to be thankful, you will have to bypass your emotions. And we love to be led by our emotions. I feel happy. I feel sad. I feel blessed. I don't feel blessed. Rejoicing always, praying always, being thankful always, doesn't matter how you feel. You have to bypass your emotions. And some people will be like, well, I feel like I should be sincere when I'm giving God thanks. I don't want to be disingenuous to the Lord. Congratulations for four syllables. Yes, I had to count on my hand. <laughs> An interesting thing about being grateful to God for things in your life is that it's not only a choice that bypasses your emotions, God wants you to do it out loud. 
I know that you texted yourself, but in general, you should get in the habit of like out loud, thanks God for my food, thanks God for my job, thanks God for my school, thanks God for these shoes. Not, I wish I had better shoes, let's just be grateful for the ones you got, because there's a lot of people in this world that don't have any. Thanks God for my car, my stupid car, and no heat, no air conditioning, window doesn't work. How about we just be thankful for God that we own a car and stop complaining and instead be grateful. Thank God for every little thing in your life. Train your soul to always be grateful and thankful instead of always complaining about something. I follow you on social media. Some of you need to listen to this message. Why are you complaining? You're holding a thousand dollar device in your hand that could launch a space shuttle. You're doing it in heat in the winter and air conditioning in the summer. You're fully clothed. There's plenty of food in your belly. You have nothing to complain about. So stop complaining and just be thankful. Why? Because you're going to train yourself to walk in the presence of God 24-7. Because gratitude leads us into his presence. We're just going to learn to thank God all the time. And we're going to stop complaining about anything. Can I get an amen? amen? Being thankful actually builds your faith. Complaining destroys your faith. When you're thankful, your, your faith is going to grow. You'll be believing God for greater things. When you're complaining all the time, that's why you feel like when you pray, your prayers are not answered. just because you're always complaining. You don't have any faith when you pray. There's no hot sauce on that prayer. You ever pray with somebody and it's like, I feel like some Holy Ghost hot sauce. And you pray with somebody else and you feel like, I feel like they got baptized in vinegar. You're like, because they're complaining all the time. Thankfulness will lead you into the presence of God. Continuing to be thankful will keep you there. It is impossible to complain about something when you're abiding in the presence of God. Like you're in God's presence. You're like, yeah, well, as long as I'm here in your presence, let me complain about something. That's not how complaining works. Being thankful will keep you from being ungrateful. I wrote this message. I'm in prayer this morning, driving here to church. I'm literally praying, literally, out loud, in prayer. Light turns green. I start to go. When I realize the person in front of me is scrolling. So I give them the little Holy Ghost, polite, just little, boop. The good, you know, the good one. Just not the New York one, even though I've been there twice this week. Just a little Texas, boop. They look up and go. You know where this is going, right? And the light turns red. Rejoicing, prayer, and thankfulness were not in my heart. It wasn't even the second thing in my heart. The thing about being grateful is that how about we just be grateful that I'm sitting in a car not walking to church? How about we just be grateful that I'm walking, I'm driving to church and not living in a nation that outlaws Christianity? How about we just be grateful that I live in a country that has red lights and like every time you come to an intersection, you're not taking your life into your hands, those that have been to India. <laughs> when you're grateful for what you have, you won't covet what other people have. If you'd be grateful for your car, you're not gonna covet somebody else's car. You're grateful for your old phone, you're not gonna be coveting somebody else's phone. You're grateful for your spouse, you're not gonna be coveting somebody else's spouse. 
I will say this about my kids, and I've told this story before. If we give, you know, three lollipops to the kids and one of my kids is like, comes back and like, hey, thanks for the lollipop. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You get a second lollipop. Because <laughs> I'm going to reward the grateful kid. God does the same thing. You wonder, well, why do they always get blessed? Why do they have a great house, a great job, great car, great spouse, great everything? They're grateful you're looking for things to complain about. God rewards the grateful kids. I remind you, rejoicing prayer and thanksgiving is God's will for your life. So when you complain about something, you're violating God's will for your life. You write that down. Too many Christians count their blessings on their fingers, but they'll complain about things using a spreadsheet with thousands of entries. The funny thing if you think about Thanksgiving this week, we're all gonna pray and thank God for all that he's done in our lives. What do atheists do? <laughs> Thanks, nothing, for this food. I'm so grateful to God for all that he's done in my life. The thing about being thankful and being grateful is it keeps our focus on the Lord and not on the world around us. And by the way, just speaking of Thanksgiving, you're allowed to be grateful more than one day a year. Okay, just make sure you know that. Rejoice always, pray always, be thankful always. I looked up what the word always meant in the Greek, always. Some of you are Bible scholars, and you're like, actually, it didn't say to uh, be grateful always. It said in every situation. I literally did look it up in the Greek, and every situation, the word every means every. <laughs> or always. So no matter what, every day is Thanksgiving Day. Now, you can't eat every day like you're going to eat on Thursday, because <laughs> that's gluttony. It's okay to be a glutton for one meal a day. Amen. <laughs> Carbs don't count this Thursday. Some of you like super healthy people are like, that's actually not true. <laughs> and we hate you. <laughs> Remember, you're not always going to feel like being grateful. That's why it's a choice. That's why we have to bypass our emotions. That's why God made it a command and not a request. It's because there's going to be times when we're not going to feel like it. But when we get all stirred up in prayer and we're praying for God to do great things in our city, you want revival, you want more of God's presence, awesome. Practice being grateful. Thank God in every circumstance. Speaking of the, the light turning and you get stuck at the red light, how many, of you have, how many of you have flown on an airplane where you've gone into one city and you need to change planes and go to another city. Just, leave, just raise your hand, leave one hand. How many of you that have ever had to fly into a city and transfer flights have missed your connection because your incoming flight was late? In the moment you realize that you are gonna be stuck somewhere, how grateful are you that you're not dead, that your plane landed safely? How many of you are rejoicing always? How many of you are praying for the airline and the pilots and all the people? right? That is not something we often experience. I'm going to tell a third story, and I'm going to really tell on myself. I, I actually love God, and I love living holy. Like, I really try not to sin. I, don't, I, I do my best not to sin, but I'm going to tell you a sin story. Like, this is recent. Like, some of our board of directors are like,
Two months ago, all the pastors went down to Florida to a pastor's conference. 1,500 people in this church packed out, big church. It's got exits, you know, parking lot exits all around to get everybody out quickly. I'm just getting hostile thinking about it. <laughs> For some reason, in the infinite wisdom of the men and women that planned this conference down there, in spite of the fact that this church had exits from the parking lot in every direction, I'm getting hot and sweaty behind the neck. I might, I might sin twice over this one. <laughs> they coned off and blocked off every exit except for one and then dismissed the service. And we were parked in the back, close to an exit. I'm so hostile inside right now. I am about to throw the same temper tantrum I threw two months ago. It was not my finest hour. I didn't want to move the cone. There was like volunteers there, like, you know. I was in, I threw such a temper tantrum. I was not rejoicing. I was certainly not praying. And I was not giving thanks for the powerful worship service and all of the impartation we had just received. I was acting like a child and embarrassing myself in front of our church staff. Please forgive me once again, Ira. <laughs> Casey, because I'm sure he told you. <laughs> He's probably like, Pastor Brad is losing his mind. <laughs> Help us all, Lord. Well, we sat in that parking lot for 45 minutes trying to get out like it was a Cowboys game. The Cowboys can move 80,000 people out of their parking lot faster than this church moved 1,500 people out of their parking lot. I'm about to sin all over again. And I'll be honest, I am sinning on the inside right now while I'm trying to tell you a funny story. We are commanded to rejoice always, pray always, give thanks always whether we feel like it or not. And the interesting thing is, he wouldn't have commanded it if it weren't within our reach. So that night, two months ago, in that car, driving out of that church, realizing that we were gonna be stuck for 45 minutes because they closed every exit except for one, peace, thanksgiving, hope, joy, rejoicing, they were all within my grasp. I chose not to reach and grab a hold of them. Therefore, we could have had an amazing time continuing in the presence of God, putting on some worship music, discussing some of the things that we all learned in that session, and instead, I turned that car into a hot box for hell with my frustration and anger. We miss opportunities to enter into the presence of God because we choose not to be thankful and go through the gates with thanksgiving. We need to train ourselves to be thankful, to pray, and to rejoice in every situation, because we need to lean into God's presence. And what happens, let me, let, me, let me give you the full picture of why I'm teaching on this. It's more than just a Thanksgiving message for Thursday. The more we learn to pray, rejoice, and be thankful, the more we learn to enter into the presence of God. The more we learn to abide in the presence of God, the more we grow in our capacity to steward the kingdom of God and to steward revival in our hearts and lives. We grow in our authority, we grow in our power, we grow in our wisdom, and we grow in our, our power. God's pouring hot sauce 
on our life spiritually. But too often, we make a conscious decision, like I did that one night I told it on myself, where we choose not to be thankful, we choose not to pray, and we choose not to rejoice. Therefore, we are outside of the presence of God. There's no power when we pray. We don't walk in the authority of the believer. And then we feel like an outsider from those that have something going on in their walk with God. And we develop the mentality of an orphan, that we are in church, but we feel like we're the outsiders uh, looking in at other people that have really figured it out. And then while we're out here looking at everything else and feeling like an orphan, we find other things to complain about and criticize and we find that's what's wrong with those people and that's what's wrong with that church and that's what's wrong with that person and that pastor. And then hurting people hurt more people and the cycle continues. Or we could make a simple choice. Now, it's, it would be easy to complain. It would be easy to criticize. I'm going to choose to be thankful. I'm going to choose to pray. I'm going to choose to rejoice. And then we learn to abide in the presence of God. We learn to operate in the power of the Holy Ghost. God begins to pour more hot sauce spiritually on our prayer life. And our identity is as sons and daughters. I am a child of the Most High God. And he has empowered me to carry the kingdom of God into every room I walk into. It's a simple choice. Rejoice, pray, be thankful. Hop up on your feet. Earlier, I gave you Psalm 100, verse 4. That's the, the famous one. We enter into God's gates with thanksgiving. But let me give you the whole thing in context. Psalm 100, verse 1. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people. In fact, we're the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Give thanks to the Lord. Bless his holy name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. Brian, go back to verse one. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Audible rejoicing, noise. It doesn't have to be pretty, it just can't be quiet. When you come into a worship service, either in this church or in your car, on your way to work or school, and you're just like, hands in pockets. Some of you just like, hands in pockets quiet, you're going to stand on the outside of his gates while he's inviting you in. It's an invitation. The gates are open. You just need to open your mouth, lift up your voice, make a joyful noise, give him praise. Verse two, serve the Lord with gladness, sing in his presence, whistle while you work. It's kind of what he's saying. If you're not serving on a dream team, you're missing out on an aspect of the presence of God. Like, this guy talks a lot about serving in church. Yeah, because the Bible talks a lot about serving in church. You think you know better than the Bible? Oh, I just want to go to a church where I can, like, observe from the grandstands. That's not the kingdom of God. It literally says, serve and sing. Verse 3, know that the Lord is God. He's good. He created you. We're the sheep of his pasture. So not only do we worship the Lord, not only do we make a joyful noise, not only do we serve the Lord, he is our shepherd. I'm going to follow him wherever he leads. I'm going to trust. I'm going to be, I'm going to be that sheep 
that's like John to Jesus. I'm going to be leaning up. I'm going to be leaning up against the shepherd. Instead of trying to be the cool guy sheep on the outside of the flock, that's the one that gets eaten, by the way, I'm going to be the nearest sheep to the shepherd. That shepherd is going to know me. I'm going to be the sheep that's always nearest to my shepherd, verse four, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to God, whether you feel like it or not. If you've got nothing to be thankful for, thank the Lord for the cross. Thank the Lord for the empty tomb. Thank the Lord for his goodness. Verse five, the Lord God is good. His steadfast love endures forever. He is faithful to you, but look, it's so important. God is always bringing in the generations. Thankfulness is meant to be taught and then caught by the next generation. Tell your children and their children and their children how good it is and how grateful you are to God. Make a choice to walk in the love of God and then demonstrate it to other people, especially children and youth. So this week I said goodbye to my dear friend Olgi. I said goodbye to my own stepmother and I said goodbye to my, my Meemaw, my friend here from church. I'm so thankful for these, these people. I'm so thankful for their lives. Yes, I mourn, but I'm grateful for the time that I got to be with them. I'm thankful for my brother, even though he's facing the worst possible diagnosis. So to be honest, in the last two weeks, I haven't always felt like it, but I have been making a conscious decision that no matter what, I will rejoice I will pray and I will be thankful to God and I've leaned into the presence of God and it's actually made these last two weeks pretty easy. A lot of things I could have complained about, I chose not to. A lot of things, like, it'd be easy to blame God when you're mourning, but you make a choice to find the good. I made a choice today to rejoice loudly. I made a choice to just thank Jesus so much that he loved me, that even when I was a sinner, he loved me. Romans 5, 8, God demonstrated his love for us. When we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The greatest gift that God has given us should awaken the deepest gratitude that we have. And I don't know why I included this today, I just felt like I should. This famous verse, John three sixteen. Jesus said, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. We will perish without surrendering our life to Jesus. We will be miserable if we live our lives apart from God's presence. If we live our lives without being grateful. If we live our lives complaining and fault finding. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for so much. I thank you for the cross. I thank you for your love for me. I thank you that you took my sin and you nailed it to the cross. I thank you that you defeated sickness and sin and death and hell and the grave. I thank you for the empty tomb. I thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I thank you for your great love for me and for my family. I thank you for your power and presence poured out in our city through our church. I thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing. I thank you for these three amazing women that I've had to say goodbye to. I thank you for all that you've done. I thank you. I, I, I pray God that we would learn to bypass our emotions and choose to rejoice out loud. Choose to pray 
without ceasing and choose gratitude. That we would train our soul to find things to be grateful for. And Lord, if I have nothing else, I'm thankful for the cross. I'm thankful that you died for me to take away my sin, to adopt me from an orphan to a child of the Most High God, to take me from an outsider to an insider, to to invite me in to be your sheep and that you would be the shepherd of my life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and that's not yet your prayer, you're not yet thankful for the cross, you're not, you don't feel like you're a sheep and that Jesus is your shepherd, you don't feel like you have a real gratitude for the cross, but you want to. You feel like there's still sin in your life that's separating you from God. You feel like you haven't received that gift of eternal life that we talked about in John 3, 16. I can pray with you. It has to be your prayer, but I can help you. I can lead you in that prayer. Even if you're watching online and your heart's beating out of your chest right now and you're like, man, I've got to get right with God today. I can pray with you. I want to lead you. So if you're here this morning or you're watching at home online and you're like, dude, I'm not right with God, but I want to be. I, 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 I'm far from God. Maybe you used to know the Lord, but you've allowed your heart to grow cold. You've, you're doing some things, some sin that's separating you from God, things that you, you never thought you'd be doing, but your heart has separated you. Can I pray with you today? If that's you this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'd like to know who I'm praying for. So whether it's the first time you're praying this prayer, or maybe the first time in a long time, would you shoot your hand up real high right now? Just say, preacher, pray with me. I, I, I need this prayer. This is for me. I need to get right with God today. Just shoot your hand up and say, preacher, today's my day to get right with God. I need to pray that prayer. Nobody in here today. Wow. What about you at home? I know I can't see you, but it's between you and God. Just shoot your hand up and just say, today's my day to get right with God. For those that might be watching at home online or for those that are too afraid to raise their hand in church, can we all pray this prayer together? If you believe it in your heart, pray this out loud. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I receive the gift of eternal life. Wash me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Forgive me, Lord, for complaining when I should be grateful. Help me, Lord, to be thankful in every circumstance, to pray without ceasing, and to rejoice always. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.